From the American Association of Nurse Practitioners, I'm your host, AANP President April Kapu, and this is NP Pulse, the voice of the nurse practitioner. Welcome to NP Pulse, AANP's official podcast, bringing you unique nurse practitioner voices and expertise on issues that matter to NPs and our patients. Burnout in the healthcare provider community has long time been an issue, and of course the events over the last two plus years have only exacerbated the problem. So what steps can we as nurse practitioners take to lead our organizations and help our colleagues overcome burnout? Our guest today is a family psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner and co-founder of Silver Lining Psychiatric Consultants in Franklin, Tennessee. I'm so happy to welcome Dr. Letizia Baxter-Smith. Welcome to NP Pulse, Letizia. We are so excited to have you here with us today. I'm excited to be here today. Thank you for having me. Yes, and and I think we just realized that we both have offices right down the hall from each yes. other. <laughs> and here we are getting to know each other on the podcast. I think that's so exciting. And, and you know, I'm just so excited to hear your whole story. And I know our listeners are too. What a fantastic topic that we have today. Very re- yes. relevant for our time. But before we get into that topic, I really just want to know a little bit more about you, Letizia. You have such an interesting background. So Start wherever you want. Tell us more about you. Yeah. So, you know, I went to undergrad at Vanderbilt and I was Mm -hmm. one of those, you know, one of those kids that did not know what I wanted to be when I grew up. Okay. Um, (laughs) So I was really interested in sociology courses Mm -hmm. and um, just why we do the things we do and um, how that impacts our life trajectory. And during one of my, um, um, sit downs with my instructors, he suggested that I visit the School of Nursing. Okay. And so I went to the School of Nursing and got to find out what a nurse practitioner was. I did not know that at the time mm-hmm. and um, decided, okay, maybe this is um, something that I'd like to do with my life. And so I applied for the FNP program at the time. Okay. And luckily, there were some wonderful instructors that read through my information and they reached out to me and said, hey, we know you applied to this program, but we really feel like you would be a great fit for the psych mental health nurse practitioner program. So they set me up with someone who ended up being a mentor for me throughout the program and later in life as well. And Mm -hmm. I kind of followed her around and got to spend days with her seeing what it was that she did and how she was making an impact in people's lives. And I loved it. I knew I was like, this is it. This is what I'm going to do with my life. And so the rest is kind of history. I went um, to Vanderbilt for my master's program and I finished that. I've worked as a psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner for almost 15 years now. Mm -hmm. I've had the pleasure of working inpatient and outpatient um, where I normally treat the severely and persistently mentally ill Mm -hmm. and um, 
I've also had the opportunity to work these last about eight years, eight, nine years in academia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that is one of the great things I love about nursing is that you can kind of reinvent yourself every now and right. then. Um, and so I did that about eight or nine years ago. And I'll say in the last year, I also opened up a small private practice in the Franklin, Tennessee area. So I'm kind of doing that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but where my passion lies, definitely um, with patient care. And I think that's mm-hmm. how I kind of got on the subject of burnout. I realized that that, um, you know, one of the things that I tell my patients is that, um, especially moms, if mm-hmm. we're not taking good care of ourselves, um, then it's very difficult for us to take care of our children and the other people around us. So we have to start mm-hmm. with ourselves first. And I realize that the same holds true with providers. We're giving a lot of ourselves to our patients and their families. And we have to be sure that we're taking care of ourselves. And I was seeing a lot of burnout and really started to wonder how that might impact um, patient care and long-term effects that it might have on us as clinicians as well. And and that's kind of how I started um, headed down this path. Mm-hmm. And so when you mentioned that as you started looking into the School of Nursing program, and they said, you know, you really should think about uh, psych mental health. Um, what do you think they saw in you that made them suggest that? So, you know, I wanted to work with children. And so that's what I'd written in my um, essay. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really wanted to work with children who had been abused. And I wasn't mm-hmm. really sure at the time what I wanted to do um, as far as treatment with those um with those, um, with that particular population, but I Mm -hmm. knew that that's where my passion lied. And I think that is kind of what they saw and and they thought it would be a good idea for me to at least look into it. And once Mm -hmm. I did, um, certainly, um, I felt like all of my my questions were answered. I knew right then, this is it, this is what I wanna do. Mm -hmm. And, And I think what a wonderful opportunity to follow a mentor to kind of walk in his or her shoes for a little yes. while and say, do I really want to do this? I think that was really smart. And yes, mm-hmm, I made agree. Made a big impression. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will say, um, you know, we we can have our own ideas of what it is that people do for a living, but when mm-hmm. you actually go and see what they're doing and how they handle situations and how their day-to-day tasks go, I think it really makes a big impact for sure. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, so... It's not everyone that um, wants to go into a career where you're really focused on patient care and really focused on the health um, of others. And um, that that's a very unique person. Not everybody wants to do that. And so you're not only focusing on patients, now you're saying that you need to be able to bring your very best self so that you can provide the very best care. And so have you noticed anything as the pandemic, anything that has worsened the situation or the um, environment for a provider of care, whether that's a family nurse practitioner, a psych mental health nurse practitioner, an acute care nurse practitioner, any type of practitioner that has impacted their ability to care because they are experiencing what we just described and what our topic is today, 
burnout? Yes, I will say that um, by being on the front lines and really listening to people's stories and taking that into account day after day, it's really easy for nurses, nurse practitioners to experience compassion fatigue. Mm -hmm. And I think with um, COVID, the added pressures of COVID over the last couple of years, we've also probably experienced a lot of secondary trauma with hearing about our patients who have passed due to COVID or family members who have had um, had um, family members pass due to COVID as well. And I think that's probably really impacted our own mental health and um, probably contributed to more signs of, of burnout. I think I'm mm-hmm. seeing at least in um, my clinic and a lot of um, my colleagues, we've talked a lot about uh, more people having depression or anxiety or irritability. And I think it definitely is a direct result of that compassion fatigue and that secondary trauma that we're experiencing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So burnout, uh, how do you describe it? How do you define burnout, Leticia? Yeah, so I think burnout is, it's definitely something that is created by chronic workplace stressors, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, And it's something that we haven't figured out a way to manage well. So it it makes it um, ongoing. And Mm -hmm. I think there are three big symptoms that we really have to focus on. The first being exhaustion or feeling very tired or just unable to to get up and do your day-to-day tasks. Um, the second being having a feeling of, of being jaded with your work, almost um, like you you lose your your compassion and um, you depersonalize yourself from your clients and the people mm-hmm. that you're working with. And then I think the third being um, a, a lack of feeling like you're fulfilled in what it is that you're doing and like you don't have the ability to be competent anymore. So I feel like those are three big parts of that burnout phenomena. Mm-hmm. Um, but I will also say that during my work um, as a DNP student, I learned that a lot of organizations associate the, the term burnout uh, negatively. It has Mm -hmm, a negative mm -hmm. connotation. So I've kind of started using other terms um, in lieu of that. I certainly like to discuss healthy work environment. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's safe to say most facilities have something that we're doing well. And so we're trying to improve that work environment and make it healthier. Mm -hmm. Um, And also clinician attrition. Um, So these things, if we're really working on improving factors that contribute to burnout, then hopefully we're going to have um, nurses, nurse practitioners staying with our facilities longer and feeling fulfilled in their roles as well. Mm -hmm. So going back to those three factors, so exhaustion, um, um, just emotional, physical, mental, just exhaustion, And then I really appreciated what you said about being desensitized. So can you give me an example of that? How a nurse practitioner who is exhibiting a signs of of, a burnout through that? What do you have an example? Yes, I will say it's something that I experienced at some point in my career before I reinvented myself. It's kind of how I knew that Mm -hmm. this was time for me to look at something different. Um, But when my clients were coming in and telling me their stories, 
you know, instead of feeling that normal, those normal feelings of compassion and um, um, empathy for them and trying Mm -hmm. to figure out ways to help them, I found that I was agitated with clients. Like I'd heard the story before. I just could not. um, It was almost as if I felt um, as if people were creating these situations, I didn't have that same level of empathy that I had before. Okay. And um, I think then it was very hard for me to give my clients the level of care that they needed because of my own feelings and and just feeling kind of desensitized to the situation. Mm -hmm. And in and as nurse practitioners, we're off, often confronted with very serious situations. So my background is in, in, in acute care. And um, when I work with other nurse practitioners, we actually, there are patients who die in the ICU. Yes. They don't make it. And, and death is a very significant event for the family, for the patient, but also the caregiver. And, and for particularly in COVID, when nurse practitioners are experiencing death at their, after death, it's it's interesting to see when someone's approaching that being desensitized, like you just um, described, they can come and say, well, my patient died and now I'm taking care of another patient or I had two patients die. And you want to say, wait, stop. Tell me a little bit more about this. Let's let's debrief. And um, so it we are placed in these situations where we start to not care as much or not have the empathy or the compassion, like you say. And then I, then the third component that you described, not having joy in what you do, not going to work and being eager, excited, being satisfied that it's really, your work is really meeting what you set out to do in the first place. If you set out to be a nurse, if you set out to be a nurse practitioner in the first place, it was for a very specific reason. And if you're not fulfilling your why, each and every day that that that's troublesome. And so I love those three components and how you describe them. And and I would imagine there are those listening today that may be feeling that way. So tell us more, Letizia, because I know this has been much of your life's work, really delving into compassion fatigue and burnout. Tell us a little bit more in terms of how do we assess for burnout? Are there tools? How do we know um, that we're experiencing burnout? How do others or organizations know that that one is experiencing burnout? Yes, that is one great thing that I think we have um, available to us as far as work related to burnout. There are several tools available that we can use. Some of my favorites, um, the Maslow's Burnout Inventory, Um, That one really looks at emotional exhaustion. It looks at that depersonalization that we just mentioned, and it also looks at personal achievement of an individual. Um, So I think this one is a really good one. Just when we're looking at gauging an individual's level of burnout and where they may be struggling the most, whether it's with exhaustion, depersonalization, or with their own personal achievement, um, within their work. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that is available, and it's pretty short, um, so something that you can um, give to people pretty quickly is the Copenhagen Burnout Inventory. It looks at 
personal burnout. It looks at work-related burnout. And it also looks at client-related burnout. And I really like this one um, because at least from the work that I've done, what I've found is that even when we work in really difficult areas, as I mentioned before, I really work with the severely and persistently mentally ill. Mm -hmm. What I'm finding time and time again is that we still enjoy working in those very difficult environments. Mm -hmm. That's what we were called to do. Um, typically our, our burnout or our big areas are more so related to the organization. Maybe there's some structures or issues within the organization that makes it what we do difficult or mm -hmm. personal related burnout as well. So I like that one because we're able to kind of tease out where the biggest problem lies. If it's with the clients that we're working with, if it's with um, the organization or if it's something personally that we w need to work on. And I think that helps us figure out um, what types of interventions we need to use. Mm -hmm. um, another tool that organizations within themselves can use to really get an idea of the pulse of their organization mm -hmm. is the healthy work environment tool. Um, that tool really takes into consideration the communication within the organization, the level of leadership and um, how satisfied you are, how we're able to work or uh, or how we feel our um, management and administration respects us as nurses. Mm -hmm. And it also takes in consideration staffing and how that is ran and whether or not we feel like we have the appropriate staffing to do our jobs as well. So those three tools are are three of my favorites. And I certainly think they are a good place to start if you're thinking about looking at burnout in your organization or mm -hmm. just thinking about burnout for yourself. Wow. Well, I can't imagine any, any time more than now that we should be assessing for burnout. Uh, you, mm -hmm. Everything you just mentioned related to healthy work environments, we're reading about in the news. We're hearing about it when we go to work. As nurses, this is huge uh, right now. Staffing and mm -hmm. um, lack of communication, not feeling as your voice is being heard, and 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 that maybe people aren't listening. Um, your leaders aren't listening. Your managers or your um, clinic leaders or hospital leaders. So, what if you could describe a healthy work environment? Mm -hmm. What would that be? So, I think a healthy work environment we would start off by having appropriate staffing. Mm -hmm. um, so appropriate numbers, the appropriate um, um, education for positions and just people who know what to do and how to do their jobs. It's clearly outlined and they understand what they're there to do. So kind of um, the basics. Yes. And enough staff so that you can really provide good care and feel good about that. Yes. Right. Okay. Yes. I think we also do have to, you know, I think this is kind of a taboo topic sometimes, but we do have to consider salary. Um, mm -hmm. That's important to mention as well. Um, and making sure that people feel like they are compensated appropriately for the jobs that they're doing. Mm -hmm. um, great leadership. And, and by leadership, I mean people who are listening to those who are on the front lines taking their thoughts into consideration and using that when they um, make decisions. Mm -hmm. um, leadership that is visible, that we're able to talk to and approach 
Mm -hmm. Um, That is huge. And so by that, I think that goes back to that respect component, um, a place where nurses feel safe, not only with leadership, but also um, with um, patients as well, feeling like they're not having to um, experience abuse of any kind and do that every day to get their job Mm -hmm. done. So Mm -hmm. feeling protected. And then also an organization that really provides meaningful recognition um, to its nurses and staff. Um, So if you're doing a great job, you want to hear about it and you want it to be done in a meaningful way. I think those are going to be the basics um, for any kind of organization that's trying to create a healthier culture. So tell me, what would be an example of recognition? When you say recognition, what's an example of that? Yeah, so I've seen, you know, quite a few things done. So there might be periods of time, I think it can go two ways. Certainly, there might be periods of time where it's nurses recognizing other nurses. So that might be through kudos, maybe through a newsletter, or maybe there's a board where you put up um, things that other nurses have done that were wonderful. Um, I think organizations can also put together a more formal process of um, giving out awards to nurses, nurse practitioners that are doing a great job. And sometimes those awards can be in the form of just the recognition itself, or maybe there might be some kind of plaque or something that's given for that as well. Um, But I think those are good places to start. So... Not being ignored, not being going unnoticed, mm-hmm. and and you kind of listed a whole spectrum. So it could be award, but it could also be a note. It could be um, a, a, just a kind word, mm-hmm. a thought, um, where you take a moment to just express your your appreciation and your recognition of of work being done. I think that goes to kind of the basics of being human. And that feeling of belongingness and being accepted and um, being, you know, not being a widget mm-hmm. or a cog on the wheel. And then sometimes in, in healthcare, you can feel that way, but then to be truly valued for, for the, for what you're bringing to patients and to the team um, and to the, the practice each day. He said that very, very well. So Letizia, are there, um, we, you mentioned those tools and and different areas that are being assessed in those tools. Can you just briefly describe the different areas that are assessed and in, in one of the tools that you just described, one of the three? Yes. So, um, with the Copenhagen burnout, um, Mm -hmm. inventory, so personal burnout, you may be looking at things like Do you feel drained? Um, Do you have enough energy when you wake up during the day? Are you able to to feel like you have the energy to do your job? Do you ever just feel like I can't go on? Mm -hmm. Um, Those types of things you'll see there. With the work-related area, we're considering things like, are there ever periods of time where you feel like you need to call out from work? Um, You just feel like your work is too demanding. Um, You're extremely stressed or overwhelmed at work, those types of things. Mm -hmm. And then with the client-related burnout, do you ever feel like there are periods of time where um, the particular population that you work with 
is too demanding? Do you feel like you're not um, not necessarily rewarded, but do you not see the the big picture with the clients mm-hmm. that you're working mm-hmm. with? Um, do you ever feel like um, you're you're in danger working with those clients, those types of things with each one of those areas? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you've described, I think you've really launched into a great topic about how organizations, so clinics, the all sizes, this is small to large mm-hmm. to really large. Um, so clinics, health systems, hospitals, how important it is for leaders in these organizations to take note and to really provide a healthy work environment for their workforce so that the patient care is the very best. So patients get the care that they are seeking when they come in. And and of course, the outcomes are good of care. But what about um, what about for anyone who's listening today that is just feeling burned out? and that no one's listening, what can we as individuals, as individual nurse practitioners do to be introspective, self-reflective, be able to address burnout for ourselves, to, to, to really take a moment to care for ourselves so that we can be reinvigorated, revitalized, mm-hmm. um, just like what you described you hit a moment where you had to say, wait, I need to reset, I need to recover, and then I need to kind of recalibrate and go back out and, and, and go about this a different way. So what can we do? How can we, can you empower us yes. to address this? So I think it starts with kind of what you just said. You need to assess your own situation. Each of us are going to have um, different aspects Um of life that may be contributing to burnout. So assess your own situation and figure out what's going on, where where the problem lies. For many of us, it may just be taking time off from work and spending it with our families or people that make us really happy and fill our cup up. Um, It might be exercise, it might be dieting, it might be making sure we're getting proper proper sleep. Um, Mm -hmm. And for others of us, we might look and we might realize maybe it is um, the organization I'm working in. And if they're not at an area or a place where they're making a lot of change, it's okay to um, to look for something else to see what Mm -hmm. else might uh, better fit you at that time. So I really think it's good to start with assessing your own situation figuring out where your problem lies, and then um, making a plan from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and a, a few years back before even the pandemic, I know um, I, with a few colleagues, we um, launched a, a, a survey. We use um, the MASLAC. We use many of the mm-hmm. tools you just described. And we were able to survey about 500 um, nurse practitioners and to better understand levels of burnout. And we're shocked at the significance of burnout. But also, um, we're, it was very interesting that the theme that kept coming forward was make a change. Yes. And that can be any sort of change that might be a change in your habits, um, where you do start paying attention to the basics, you know, nutrition, hydration, sleep, exercise but it could be joining a social group. It could be a mentor, um, a mentor. (laughs) Yes. Yes. 
Um, and, and it could be a job change, but that was the theme is you've got to make a change. Mm-hmm. And what that is, is, is very personal and individual, but making a change was really the feedback and the suggestions that were coming from the participants. So um, we've talked a lot about something that's really very big, very pervasive, and it's not easy to address. But um, I also want to take note, Letizia, that you are a psych mental health nurse practitioner. And and what we have read and seen in the literature lately is that psych mental health nurse practitioners are in increased demand. And I cannot help but think that that is very much related to what we're talking about Mm -hmm. today, that um, there is a lot, not just with healthcare clinicians, but with the public And so tell me a little bit more about your profession and where you see psych mental health nurse practitioners going in the future, because I think this in itself is a big topic and we can't get into it, but at least um, share with us a little bit about where you see this field going, because at some point it becomes even deeper than taking care of your basic needs or making a change. You begin to really go into some deeper, deeper mental health issues that need to be addressed. And a psych mental health nurse practitioner, whether via telehealth or in person, can be very helpful in in diagnosing and treating. So tell us a little bit more about your profession. Yeah. So, you know, I would would step back for a second and, and say, when we think about the negative impacts of Burnout. You know, we have to consider that there could be adverse patient um, events. There could be increased safety risk, um, low patient satisfaction, and then just in general, um, not not the same level of quality of care that's um, that's given by our, um, our clinicians. And so, when you think about that, it's really important. It really impacts healthcare as a whole. So while we as psychiatric nurse practitioners, we're, our normal role in, right now is to um, perform an assessment and a psychiatric interview with our patients, and then after that, work with our patients and their families to develop a plan of care that sometimes might include medication, therapy, and other things to make sure we get them to um, optimal health. I mm-hmm. think in the broader scheme, we're really looking to begin to educate our colleagues about mental health Mm -hmm. and um, what that looks like and start to inform them about how they can start taking care of themselves. But I also see us um, working with organizations to help them understand the culture of their organization and Mm -hmm. to help them make um, changes that incorporate different aspects of mental health care to make a stronger, um, healthier workforce for a lot of our clients. So I think our role is definitely probably going to expand mm-hmm. um, as we continue to deal with this this problem of burnout amongst healthcare providers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I totally agree. Letizia, you seem so centered and so balanced. And um, just the way you've uh, shared so much with us today do you do anything to keep yourself oh. mentally healthy and 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 kind of away from those signs and symptoms of burnout? 
Yes, I think um, one of the main things that I've learned as of late is to to find balance, um, learning when it's okay to say no and be, being comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also have really done a lot of self-reflecting to determine, you know, when am I my best, best self mm-hmm. and really incorporating those things that make me my best, best self in my everyday life has been really helpful as well. And on top of that, just the basics that we mentioned, trying to mm-hmm. not always um, the best but trying to make sure that I try to eat healthy as much as possible, that I'm sleeping, um, you know, at least eight hours as much as possible, exercising um, when I can, those types of things as well. Well, it's it's working in your positivity and and smile. I know our our, our listeners can't see, but I, I'm able to see today and, and you just have such a lovely, encouraging smile. So your patients are very lucky, your colleagues are very lucky, and we are very lucky to have had these moments with you today. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really had a great time. Thank you, Letizia. I know the experience you shared today will help NPs take the lead in moving their organizations forward in a more balanced and healthy way. To our listeners, Please check out the podcast description on whichever platform you're listening for links to resources from this episode. AANP has resources for NP wellness, mental health, and much more on our website. So I urge you to start your own wellness journey now. I also want to urge you to become a part of your national professional association and add your voice to 120,000 of our NP colleagues nationwide. Along with giving you access to many member benefits, AANP membership supports advocacy efforts for nurse practitioners and our patients on critical issues like full and direct access to care, equity and payment, and changes to outdated laws and regulations. Please subscribe to this podcast, share with your colleagues, and check back regularly for new episodes. And as always, be kind, be safe, be effective, and be the voice of the nurse practitioner. Mm-hmm.